Hey, we're in a series called Origins. What's it called? It's about the book of Genesis. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of the book of Genesis. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of a story from the book of Genesis, okay? Uh, we've, we've done, uh, this is our fourth week. Uh, week one, we did the, the creation story. Uh, and it was really, really awesome, some of the things that we were able to discover within the creation story. And, uh, and how it points uh, to Jesus uh, giving us rest and, and wanting us to live from a place of rest. Week two, we talked about the fall, how uh, we as humans are a little bit stupid, though. And so uh, we, like, messed it all up and stuff. And, uh, but the desire there was to be like God. And if we pursue that in obedience, um, it's really actually a great desire to have. Um, and then last week, we talked about Cain and Abel. Who was here for last week's message on Cain and Abel? Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. It was um, baller. Um, but... What it talked about is how God's forgiveness uh, can reverse uh, the effects of, of, of generational uh, sins and generational curses, things like that. And so uh, we're into our next story, one of the most famous ones in the Bible. Probably most of you know the story, and it's the story of Noah. And the cool thing is, tonight we have the privilege, the honor and privilege of having Noah in the building with us. Tonight, and so, uh, but this is the, he's a different version, but he, he's just as cool. He's, uh, Noah, wave at everybody, say what's up, my name's Noah. All right, cool. <laughs> there Noah has been faithful to our Sunday morning J High crew, and I've been begging him to come on a Wednesday night, and now he's here, and I'm, I'm really excited. So he's really cool, he's part of the crew, uh, he's really, really cool. His parents are cool too. His dad sends me funny memes on Instagram. Okay, so. Uh, open your Bibles, if you will, if you have them, if you have them on your phone, or if you have a real Bible with you. If you don't have a real Bible and you'd like a real Bible, we have real Bibles in the back, and so let me know, and we'll get you one, okay? So here's the thing. We, we, we ended kind of in chapter 4, chapter 5 of Genesis. Now we're going to be uh, moving into chapter 6 and 7, okay? And so uh, I'm going to kind of uh, just kind of speed through some of this so we can get onto the right track, because the story's going to be awesome, and we're going to connect it, and it's going to be cool. Cool. But so to answer this, you guys remember the violence that was following the generations of Cain. Everybody remember that? Cain killed his brother for no reason, uh, except for he was jealous. And then after that, it was just like murder after murder within the family. And then, and then Lamech was the first one to de basically declare mass murder. And, and then there was the next uh, generation who started, uh, who built the first weapons of war. And it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. Right, and the violence uh, was just, it just overtook the world, right? Um, the, and the Bible says that in verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only um, evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Can you believe that? Can you believe how bad it must have been? For God to be like, I'm sorry that I ever did this. <laughs> and this was only ten generations after Adam and Eve. Like, this was quick. Like, they, they screwed it up fast. <laughs> right? And, and, and so God's looking at this thing. He's like, man, this, <laughs> this went south quick. Even though he knew it was going to, he's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry I ever did this. The Lord was sorry that he made man on earth, and he, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man 
whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. Crazy. But what's next is interesting. God recognized one righteous man among all of them. Can you imagine being the only righteous person on earth? (laughs) Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, that'd be a badge of honor for sure. But if we're being real, we don't know if that it would actually be us. Right? Verse 8 says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Everybody say, walked with God. How do you become righteous? You walk with God. Walk with God. When God speeds up, you speed up. When God slows down, we walk with Him. If you walk with somebody for a long period of time, you're going to end up having a pretty good conversation. Just try it. Call somebody up. Let's go for a hike and just start walking. If you can stay quiet for the whole time, props to you. But Noah walked with God. So Noah knew God. God knew Noah. And here's the thing. A lot of times God, we want God to, be, to, to, to yell at us, to, to tell us really loudly, hey, Brett, this is what you're supposed to do. But oftentimes it's God saying, hey, Brett, um, you should go pray for that person. And the only way I can hear that call is if I'm next to God. The only way I can hear that is if I'm walking, if I'm in close proximity to God. Right? If you're like, why, doesn't, why don't I ever feel God? Why don't God ever speak to me? Maybe we're walking far from God. Maybe we need to get back to step, and step, step by step with, with Jesus. Amen? So God recognized one righteous man. Noah walked with God. Verse 11 said, now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. Remember where the violence came from? Ten generations before when Cain killed his brother. So here's the first thing I'm going to talk about. There's three things I'm going to talk about for tonight and then one thing that's going to point to Jesus and it's going to be sick, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be great. Okay? But the number one thing that we can learn from this story, not the number one thing, my first thing. <laughs> the first thing that we're going to learn from this story is that, that it's, it's our goal to be set apart. The word holiness, or the word holy, refers to the idea of being separated from, from being different, from being set apart. The Bible says that we're to be in the world, but not of the world. What does that mean? That means I walk with folks, I'm around people, I have friends who aren't Christians, I have friends who are wretched sinners, and I realize I'm a wretched sinner too. But at the same time, I'm in the world, but I'm a little bit different. I go to school, I go to public school, and I'm there, but my friends know that I'm a little bit different. Here's the thing. If somebody, call, if it was illegal to be a Christian here in America, and someone called the cops on you, and they arrested you for being a Christian, and you were going to go before a court, would they have enough evidence to convict you? Would you be found guilty of being a Christian? Or would they say, eh? He's not really. Right? Noah was the only one on earth convicted 
of being a Christian. The only one found guilty. And in reality, found righteous, right? I'm just using the analogy. You know how easy it is to act like we love God at youth group? It's easy to act like we love God at church. It really is. Everybody else is doing it. Actually, in fact, if you don't act like you love God, then you're the weird one. But then we go to school. I'm calling everybody out right now. Right? It's easy to be a Christian at youth group. It's hard to be a Christian at public school. And if we're real with ourselves, most of the time we don't act like it. If, if I told your friend, hey, do you think, like if I walked, on, I'm going to do this. I'm going to embarrass all of you. No, I'm just kidding. If I walked onto your campus and I found your friend group and, I, and you, were, you weren't with them, I was like, hey, do you think, do you think Ken is a Christian? They'd be like, oh, heck, no, no, I'm just kidding. They, right, what would the answer be if we're real with ourselves? And this ain't about being perfect. This ain't about, like, being better than anybody else. What it is is loving God so much that people notice. It's not about being better than anybody. That's, ne- that's never our goal. Our goal is to love God so much. When we love God, when we walk with God, we end up being more like him. We love him so much people start to notice. Amen? We want to be set apart. It's easy to serve God at youth group. It's, it's hard to serve God at school. But can you do it? Yes. If Noah can be the only man on earth to love God, I promise you could do it at your school. So, we keep on going. Verse 13, or verse 12. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for uh, all the flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. So God says, this place is messed up. I'm going to destroy it, right? And in fact, he says, I'm going to do it in 120 years. They got that much time to shape up. And he goes, in this 120 years, you're going to build an ark. What we don't, what I haven't told you yet is that Noah doesn't know what rain is. Noah's never seen a large body of water. And so, like, it would be weird enough for God to be like, Noah, you're building a canoe. God, what's a canoe? Right? But instead, God is like, Noah, you're going to build a boat that's four stories high. This church is three stories high. It's taller than this church. If you walk around the back and you look at how tall the church is, add another one. (laughs) You got a boat four stories high and one and a half football fields long. Next time you go to a football game, look at that and then add another half. Noah doesn't know what rain is. He's like a thousand miles from the nearest ocean. (laughs) And God's like, build an ark. What's an ark? (laughs) Right? And God gives these crazy instructions. You're going to build this whole thing. Can you imagine, (laughs) like right now, if God was like, Brian, build a skyscraper. You're like, and you've even seen one. You even know what it's supposed to look like. (laughs) But can you imagine God being like, build a skyscraper by yourself? You're like, sick. 
I'd be like, are you sure I'm the only righteous one? I messed up yesterday. Maybe I should just be with them, right? You know, 120 years, I'll live that long and then just wash me up too, right? Like it's like today's day and age, we're so lazy we wouldn't have wanted to build the ark. Be it real. Right? Hey, you want to serve on a Sunday morning? How early do I got to be there? What? (laughs) Sorry, that wasn't in my notes. But... Can't come to youth tonight. I'm a little tired. Okay, that's fine. Noah built an ark. Um, <laughs> that's going to be my new thing. Anytime you guys give me an excuse, yeah, that's fine. Noah built an ark, and he was 500 years old, and he had never seen one before. So it's cool. Yeah, that's fine. You're 13. Yeah, get some rest. Okay, so, <laughs> so the second thing we see, right, verse 22 says, God gives this crazy instruction. It says, thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So he did. He didn't cut any corners. He did exactly what God said, and he built an ark. So the second thing that we learn from this is obedience, right? If God asks us to do something that doesn't make sense, will we do it? If God asks us to do something that's uncomfortable for us, will we do it? If God asks us to do something that we don't want to do, will we do it? And be real. Most of the time you're like, no. I ain't doing that. I don't want to. Why would I do that? Why would I invite a friend to youth group? I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to be, I don't want to seem like, I got a good thing going at school. I don't want to be the weird guy. Imagine being the guy building a boat when it's never rained. Like, Noah was the weirdest dude on earth. He was also the only one that lived with his family because God's cool like that. What has God called you to that you haven't been faithful in? Think about this. Some of you are, God, I got big dreams. God, you're calling me to something amazing. I'm going to be a world changer. But when Brett asked me if I would set up the pipe and drape, I said, not today. I ain't ready for that. I'm going to, God, I'm going to preach to the nations. I'm going to have a a voice. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change my college campus. But, Lord, when Danielle asked if I could wipe the counters off in the bathroom, I said, that's below me. I'm just making stuff up. God, I want to be, I want to lead worship in front of 100,000 people. But when you asked me if I could pray for that girl at my school, I said, that's not me. God won't give you the big thing unless you're faithful in the little thing. Right? Here's the thing. God gave Noah the job of building the ark because Noah was already righteous. It wasn't like, here's your big thing. Let me know what's going on. He said he's been faithful and he's been obedient up to this point. I'm going to give him this. Right? In order to say that you're blameless among your generation, Noah had to be on top of it. Noah was walking with God. Spending time with God. Doing the little things right. What has God called you to that you haven't been faithful in? What gifting has God given you that you're wasting right now? Right? Here's an opportunity for you to to step into your calling. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick that day. I don't want to do it.
God's, Jesus is calling us to lay down our lives and we won't even lay down our cell phones, right? Crazy. Crazy. All right, I'll keep reading. I'm done with that one. Sorry. So, everyone's like, Brett, you hurt my feelings. Sorry. It's fine. Get over it. Um, I hurt my feelings too. Um, it, how many years did it take Noah to build this ark? 120 years. The next one that we're going to talk about is patience. <laughs> patience. God's going to call you to something and you're going to want it to happen right now. I had this conversation with somebody this weekend. We, we, you know, I, I, love, I love this youth group. We're, we're killing it, man. We're doing awesome. And, and I'll tell you, this year just feels different. Something's going to break loose. It's going to be awesome. Um, but if, if, if God would have asked 22-year-old Brett if he wanted to wait five years for that to happen, probably would have said no. Right? I've heard of pastors where the church is like, 50 people or less for 15 years, and all of a sudden think God moves and revivals in that church and it blows up. Would you be faithful in your calling for 15 years if it didn't seem like it was working? Right? That's the question. It's like, God's called me to lead this generation in revival. What if it takes 20 years? Are you okay with that? Or are you going to bounce and move on? 120 years of building an ark. Remember, he's never even seen a canoe. 120 years of building an ark. Are you willing to do it in God's timing or your own timing? Right? Noah spent more time building this ark than anyone you've ever met has been alive. Think about this. Okay, let's put it in today's, let's put it in today's, let's have some fun, Okay. So if, no, if the flood happened in 2020, which it felt like it did, but anyways, if the flood happened in 2020, that means Noah started building the ark in 1900, okay? So this is before the first cars were really made yet, before the f first airplane was built, right? So if Noah was building from 1900 to 2020, he would have seen World War I come and go. He would have seen the Great Depression he would have seen World War II come and go. He would have seen the Korean War. He would have seen the Civil Rights Movement. He would have seen hippies. That would have been crazy. Some of your parents are still hippies. But anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Hip, being hippies coming back. We're all wearing baggy clothes and stuff. He would have seen the Cold War. He would have seen the Jesus Movement. He would have seen the 80s. That would have been crazy. He would have seen Michael Jackson black and white. He would have seen the 90s. What? I'm just saying. <laughs> Terrible decision. Awful decision. Okay. He would have seen the 90s. He would have seen 9-11... He would have seen the war in the Middle East start and finish. <laughs> and he would have seen the end of the world in 2012, even though that didn't happen. He would have seen me in my awkward phase. <laughs> and all, all of you, too. And then he would have got to COVID. It's like, dang. <laughs> 
Oh, he would have saw the Spanish flu too. And, been, and everyone was like, it's just like the Spanish. He would have been like, I don't know if it actually is. I was there, right? Like, like Noah would have seen all that stuff. Can you imagine how long of a time period that is? And he's just. Right? I wonder if it looks right. Imagine if he messed up. You ever built something, you messed up halfway through, and you're like, ah! And you got to tear it all apart? I bet you he did. That's why it took 120 years. He messed up three times, right? He ran out of wood. There wasn't enough gopher wood, so he had to plant new stuff and then just wait for it to grow and then chop it down again. Patience, right? Can we be patient if God calls us to something? Amen? So now the last one, I'm going to talk about how this points to Jesus, okay? It's really good. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew 24. We're going to talk about the end of the world. <laughs> Kidding, but not really. Um, we're going to talk about the actual apocalypse. Okay. Um, but listen, all the things that I said, right? Number one, to be set apart. Right? The Bible says we're to be a city on a hill. Number two, obedience. John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Endurance, right? Matthew 24, 13 through 14 says, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. What? Here's what Matthew 24 is about. I'm not going to get crazy. Ben thought I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it. The thing that Jesus preached the whole time he was on earth is that the kingdom of God is near and that he's coming back. Right, so here, here's, the, here's the thing that, that I'm going to preach too. Is that in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says at the end of the age, the days are going to be like Noah. What does that mean? That means we're going to see wickedness in the world, which we already do. We have for 2,000 years. We're going to see wickedness in the world. We're going to see things that are just nasty. And God's going to get to a point where he tells all of us, because he already did, the rain's coming. Build an ark. Right? And this chapter follows up with the parable of the, of, of the ten bridesmaids or the ten virgins, depending on how risque your uh, translation is. But what, what that whole thing is about is about being ready. Here's the thing. When Noah got on the boat, the door was open, and at some point the door closed. And there's no, like, not, hey, uh, sorry, slept in. <laughs> Can you imagine being like Noah's cousin? Bro, <laughs> hey, I know you closed it and all, but I'm right here. He's like, no, man, it's too late. It's too late. Jesus is coming back for his bride. Jesus is coming back for the church. And he says it's, it's going to be just like this. Right? He's telling us rain's coming. I'm coming back. Get on the boat. The door's open right now. You're more than welcome to walk in, to join the fold. But at some point, Jesus comes back, the door gets closed. It's too late. And what, you know what this does for me? It does a couple of things. One, it makes, me, it makes me want to share with all of you that, man, you can accept Jesus. You can get in the boat. Like, listen, it's not that hard. It, the, 
rain's coming, right? The door's open. I'm going to get on the boat, right? I don't know. About, raise your hand if you're trying to get on the boat. Okay, me too, right? But here's the other thing it creates in me. It creates in me urgency that I can't wait till next week to tell my friend about Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back in a day and a time and an hour that we won't know. Could be tonight. So I'm freaking you out. I'm sorry, but it's true. Could be tonight. Could be in 50 years. I don't know. But I don't have time. Here's the thing. You don't even know if your friend's going to make it to next week. You don't know if your mom's going to make it to next week. You don't know if your grandma's going to make it to next week. I'm not trying to be like all like everyone you love is going to die. I'm not trying to say that. But we don't have time to wait to tell somebody about Jesus. Because when the door's closed, it's closed. I get my hair cut at a, a Golden Crown barber shop. It's like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. One of the barbers was riding his motorcycle to Mission Hospital to visit his father-in-law. Got hit by a car and died on the way there. He's like my age. I saw him a month ago. When I walked out, I was like, see you next time. There wasn't a next time. I'm not, I mean, it is sad. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm just trying to, can I be real? Like, I don't want to just, I don't want to butter you up. Like, life is all rainbows and unicorns. You're just going to have a great time. No, you're not. It's going to hurt. <laughs> People are going to burn you. People are going to betray you. People are going to hurt you. But also you're going to get asked to ask a friend to come to church and you're going to say, I'm not comfortable with that. And then you might never see that person again. How's that going to feel? It's not going to feel good. But I feel like I, <laughs> I've talked to so many people. I just feel like this year is different. I feel like God's going to open your guys' eyes. The Bible says, let all who have eyes see. You're going to finally see <laughs> Right? That look, rain's coming. Jesus is coming back eventually. Whether in my life or in, in, or, or in the next generation, I don't really know. But I'm not going to wait around and, and see before I tell everybody I know about him. Because the door's open right now. Amen? So, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm gonna, I, if I'm going to have urgency I might as well ask <laughs> and this isn't you know I might not be the best at this or whatever but I don't think there's a I don't have a keyboard player coming up to set the t mood or anything it's just I'm just gonna ask listen Jesus loves you each and every one of you so much he loves you like crazy he's madly in love with you he loves you more than anybody has ever loved you in your whole life but here's the thing Jesus is just he's good and at the end of the, at the end of at the end of time, he, he's got to do the right thing. He's got to do the righteous thing. And those who chose him, right? Jesus has consensual love. So those who choose him will go to heaven. Those who don't choose him won't. And here's the thing: I want you desperately to choose Jesus because I know what it's like. I know how it feels. I know how he how he cares for me. I know how he's gotten me through the lowest moments of my life. I know how it's crazy to. But when when I was suffering the most, he was the kindest to me. His kindness never changed, I just noticed it. 
So the call that I have, and maybe it's one person, maybe it's none, maybe it's the whole room, I don't know. But the call I have tonight is that, hey, the door's open, rain's coming, who wants to get on the boat? And that's it. If that's you, if you want to get on the boat, just raise your hand as high as you can. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of it. I want to get on the boat. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm not going to ask you to pray it back to me. I'm just going to ask you to agree in your heart with me. Pray in your head with me. I'm going to pray over you, and there's no specific way to do this. It's just the Bible says that if you believe Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again three days later, you'll be saved. That's all you got to do. Just believe in him, okay? So Jesus, would you help every person in this room to believe in you? You said that's all we got to do. Help us to believe in you, to know that you're such a good God that you sent your son to die for us, to rise again three days later. But God, give us an urgency. God, the door to the boat is open. Let us pile in. Let us bring everybody that we possibly know with us. So when you come back, you've got an amazing group of people to look at. We have all our friends and so God, we're just thankful for your goodness, your, your mercy. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, in our worst moments, being the best God we could possibly ask for. So we worship you when things are going good. We worship you when things are going bad. We just thank you for everything in between. So Lord, lead us, guide us, help your will to be done in our lives, not our own. God, help us to pursue righteousness. Help us to pursue holiness, not just to be better than anybody else, but just because we love you. So Lord... It's easy to be a Christian on a youth group night. It's easy to raise our hand on a youth group night, but it's hard to be a Christian when we go to school. So tomorrow when we go to school, tomorrow when we go to work, tonight when we go home, help it to stick. Help us to love you. In Jesus' name, amen.